Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Dan, a conversation came up in the workshop the other day, particularly with really around the topic of your late, one of your latest books, which is Who Do You Want to Be a Hero To? And one of the comments that came up was, heroism doesn't scale. And you had a really interesting response to that, which I thought would be, you know, everyone's interested in scaling. The idea of being a hero to your clientele, your customers, your people in your life is a really attractive one. But people see a real limit to that in terms of what's possible, but you have a very different take on it. So talk to me about how heroism doesn't scale and why that's not actually true. First of all, I'd like to say, Shannon, the insight or the comment that the entrepreneur in the program said when he said it kind of shook me. And I said, oh, oh, wow. And I had to go back overnight and I had to do some quick thinking to stick to my original guns that heroism does scale. But what it revealed for me is that there's two entirely different kinds of heroism in the world. The majority of people think of heroism in a reactionary sense. And what I mean is that there's some kind of crisis where a system has broken down or, you know, what people were expecting didn't happen and, you know, there's a danger of loss and there's a danger, you know, of tremendous discomfort and inconvenience. And we usually associate the word hero with the individual who steps forward and is part of the solution and gives other people confidence in a crisis situation. And that's the way it's depicted. Crisis sells, you know, it sells in, in the entertainment world, it sells certainly in the news world. So there's this tendency to put the spotlight on people who react to a scary situation that paralyzes other people. Oh. And why they're heroic is because other people are paralyzed, but they take action and they stand out. They stand out and oftentimes they're part of the solution. If people make it through the experience, okay, then they remember this person forever. And you know, it, there's wartime stories, there's disaster stories, there's all sorts of emergency situations. And there's a lot of drama packed into these. So it's the subject of entertainment for people who live really kind of safe lives. I'm thinking of Jack Reacher from one of our favorite novels, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Reacher is the master, but <laughs> he doesn't create any of the situations. He comes upon really bad, nasty, corrupt, criminal situations where people are being paralyzed or they're in danger of losing their lives or losing something else, and he stands forward. He's got some great mottos. His, my number one rule is retaliate first. And, you know, it's really funny, but that's someone we'd want to have in a dangerous situation, someone who retaliates first. Mm -hmm. So I would say that 99% of the first response that people, when you mention the word hero, it's related to someone who acted bravely, courageously, and decisively in a way that other people couldn't where a situation was paralyzing everybody else and the person is a savior, you know, they see that. Mm -hmm. I love reading this. I'm as much a sucker for a great reactionary hero story, but it is reactionary heroism. And the whole point is our world has become incredibly safer. Our Mm -hmm. world has become incredibly more predictable and thank God it has, you know. And for example, Babs and I take anywhere between 40 and 50 flights together every year and not once during my entire flight experience, 
do I want anyone to have to be a hero? I want everything to work according to schedule, according to the systems. And there's a lot of different areas in my life. In our case, we live in two really big cities, Toronto and Chicago. And I want everything that makes living in that city comfortable and convenient, I want it to work. I don't want any heroism required. People say, well, being a hero just isn't possible anymore. But you have to understand that most people's work lives take place in large systems. You know, they work for bureaucracy of some sort. Mm -hmm. And bureaucracy is very necessary for taking the crises out of situations. I mean, a lot of people talk, you know, really, really bad mouth bureaucracy. And I said, you know, there's a lot of people whose life is just to make sure that your life is not negatively exciting. <laughs> That's a good term. Yeah, and I said, you got to appreciate it. I really appreciate, you know, in Toronto, we have a really well-run city here, and it's very safe. I've lived here for 48 years. I've never seen an act of violence in the city of Toronto, and I don't know anyone who's ever experienced violence uh -huh. in the city of Toronto. And I've been here for 48 years, and it's a city now of six million people, uh -huh. okay? And it's clean, it's a very clean city, and it's a very well-maintained city, and I wouldn't want it otherwise, because there's just a freedom of living that comes uh -huh. when you know that things are supporting you. They're running according to schedule. So how in a world where everything's becoming more predictably safe, convenient, and comfortable, where does heroism come uh -huh. in? Okay, you know, and somebody said, well, you know, I work for this large corporation. If you try to be a hero, you just get snuffed out. They just isolate you and they bypass you if you try to be a hero. And I said, well, you're kind of not understanding the purpose of the world that you're living in. Mm. The whole purpose of a bureaucracy is to eliminate any future need for heroism. Everything's supposed to be predictable. Mm -hmm. Everything is supposed to be certain. Yeah, and some of us are the type of people that add unpredictability. <laughs> so that's really not a system for no, us. No, and you're not welcome in the bureaucratic world if you add uncertainty, mm -hmm. okay? And they get rid of it one way or another. They put you in a room by yourself and you get a desk and nobody talks to you for the rest of your career. And the reason is, this is not a system that rewards heroism because the whole point of the system is to eliminate any need for heroism. Uh -huh. And you just make people uncomfortable by doing this. So the only world where heroism is really possible in today's world is the entrepreneurial world. And that covers a vast number of different activities. There's the entertainment world where people are entrepreneurs. They take the risk of making it or getting broken by mm -hmm. you know the entertainment world, which includes the sports world. The number of individuals who strive to be successful in industry where there's huge fans, there's huge contracts and everything else, but it's one in 10,000 who make it. And everybody says, look at how this person did this. All you have to do is do what this person did. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. It's enormous amount of luck, mm -hmm. enormous amount of luck. And the personal qualities that this individual has are just totally unique in the world, and they're not really reproducible. But being a hero in the strategic coach world for entrepreneurs is an absolutely predictable activity. If you understand that it's not about you, 
It's about them. Uh-huh. Okay, so anytime you have a mindset which continually grows and expands, that the whole purpose of me being an entrepreneur is not about me, it's actually about the check writers. And then it's about my team that helps me serve my check writers. Okay. And they said, well, how do we know how to be a hero to the check writer? And I said, well, one first step would be ask them. Yeah. And we have a very, very specific and unique way of asking people what really matters to them. And it's a question we ask them that is completely absent of anything about us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's called the DOS question. And we have a book on it, it's called The Dan Sullivan Question, because the moment I put this out about 20 years ago, everybody put their name on it. So I said, why don't I put my name on it since I came up with it, (laughs) and why don't I get the proper intellectual property protection so nobody can use this question. And if you use this and call it your question, then, I mean, you can use the question. I'm not stopping anyone. I want as many people as possible to ask the question, but don't put a book out or a course out where you say, well, this is the question. But the question is, you ask someone, if we were having a discussion and it was three years from today, so you name the date, today is such and such a day, and three years, same day, same month, three years from now, and we're having a discussion then, and we're looking back over your last three years, what has to happen for you over that three-year period for you to feel very, very happy with your progress, okay? One of two things will happen. The person will answer the question or the person won't answer the question. Why won't they answer the question? They don't trust you, which is very useful to know upfront, okay? Because you're only looking for people who trust you. So. When someone says, well, I'm sorry, you know, that's kind of personal and um, we don't know each other well enough that I would give you that information. Well, one thing's true. They won't give you the information now and they won't give you the information anytime in the future. So you've just saved yourself an enormous amount of guessing and bother of trying to develop a relationship who in the first minute or first two minutes, Uh they told you, I don't want to have a relationship with you. Oh, boy, boy, you sure saved me a lot of time here. But if they answer the question, they'll usually talk for a half hour. They'll give you an answer that'll last for a half hour, an hour, and they'll talk and talk and talk and talk. And then you can really fine tune their answer by asking them three other questions. So over the three years, you know, that you're happy with your progress. Well, what are the three biggest dangers you have right now in your life? that have to be completely eliminated. These dangers have to be eliminated now. So three years from now, you can't have these dangers. And danger refers to things that people are afraid of losing. Okay, so what can you lose? Well, you can lose your business, you can lose your life, you can lose your reputation, any number of things that we have that we can lose. But this is something you already have and you're gonna lose it, and it keeps you up at night, makes you anxious, you know, it kind of paralyzes you and everything else. But the moment the person is given the opportunity to actually tell the truth about what dangers are that have to be eliminated within this three-year framework, then all of a sudden you can just see them, wow, yeah, yeah, and I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got this, and you can write out a list, And it doesn't matter how many they tell you, it's all good. Uh Because at the end, you're going to say, well, this whole list, which are the three most important ones. Uh Okay. And then the second thing you say, okay, well, what about opportunities? And an opportunity is the opposite of a danger. 
an opportunity is the possibility of gaining something uh-huh. new, better, bigger in the future. Again, as many different areas where you could lose things, you can also have opportunities for making big breakthroughs and gains. And same thing, they brainstorm and you write them down. And then the final one is strengths. What strengths do you already have? This would be capabilities, knowledge, you know, kind of unique advantages you have in the marketplace, unique kind of organizational capabilities you have that you want to maximize. You've got something great here, but you're not taking full use of it. And there's three things that you just really want to maximize over the next three years. You know, they give you and say, okay, now we're not going to deal with everything, but what are the three dangers, the three opportunities, and the three strengths that you would go after first? Because actually, if you solve the three dangers, a lot of the other dangers get solved. Same thing with opportunities, same thing with strengths. And it's just the greatest conversation that anyone has ever had in their life because no one that they've ever known, their personal friends, their family, anybody through the school system, the teachers, because everybody else only wants to know about their future as it concerns the person asking the question. But the DOS isn't about me at all. Uh I just want to create value for a person so that, you know, if there's any chance that we would work together, I can't do everything that's going to make this person happy. But if I can get them talking for an hour or an hour and a half, I can find out something where I can help them or I can connect them to someone else who would help them. And anyway, I'm being a pure hero to this person. Now, this is available to every human being on the planet in any relationship they have, but it's completely voluntary. Mm. It's completely voluntary. You're not being forced to ask this question. You're not being forced to listen for an hour and a half. You're not forced to actually have your attention totally on that person. But I have to tell you, giving a person in this framework a half hour of your attention, an hour of your attention, hour and a half, and then looping back and actually sending them back a letter afterwards. This was a great conversation. I just want you to know, you know, this is what you talked about. There are a few things that I, right off the bat, I can help you with Uh related to this and this and this. And if you'd like to, I'd like to help you with it. And I know a lot of other people who I can introduce you to Uh that can help. And this is pure heroism in the 21st century, and it's only available in the entrepreneurial world. You would never do this in the bureaucratic world. You'd never do this in the world of big systems, okay? First of all, people wouldn't tell you the information because it would have political implications. In entrepreneurism, there's no politics. Oh, that is so true. It's a politics-free world if you really are just putting your full attention on them being clear about their future as they want their future to be. It's not how you want their future to be. This is how they want their future to be. And the interesting thing is there are very few human beings on the planet who can sit there and listen and not relate it back to them, but it's like a skill, it's like a capability. Uh And I've had people who never came to Strategic Coach, but 20 years ago at a conference or at a meeting, I sat with them at lunch or breakfast or dinner. I said, I just want to ask you a question. And I ask him the question and I talk and I, I just 
sort of organized the thinking, and I said, well, here's what you said. And they said, this is so amazing, this is amazing. And he said, but I have to tell you, you know, your program isn't really what I want. I said, no bother. I said, I just felt really great that you were willing to share this with me, and I hope this does you good. And 20 years later, I'll meet them somewhere casually. I'll meet them socially or anything. And they say, I want to tell you, you're one of the greatest persons I remember from my entire life because just that hour and a half you gave me or whatever the time frame was, it utterly changed my life. And this is what I've done over the last 20 years. And they remember the conversation, they remember the dangers, they remember the opportunities. They don't necessarily use the word, but you're a complete hero to me. He says, I've told hundreds of people about you. (laughs) And actually, I've put about five people into the strategic coach program. You may not know where they came from. This person, this person, this person. So the whole point is, this is completely creative heroism. And the reason is, it's just your willingness to give someone else your full attention and then to help them to the best degree that you can to be much clearer, much more capable, and much more confident about their future. And I don't think that there's a greater act of creative heroism in the world than just to do that. And all you have to do is be willing to suspend your own self-interest for an hour. And that's totally heroic. It totally is. Dan, one of the things I really love about the R factor, which is the very first question, the whole DOS conversation, is it allows you to stay really current with your clients and you will always be a hero to them because one of the dangers I see with some businesses is they get sort of stuck into a way of operating and they don't keep current and the world's changing and they feel kind of threatened and they're like, what's happening? But if you simply can practice and master this creative heroism by having the DOS conversation, you are never behind the eight ball. You are always ahead. Yeah, and one of the things is why entrepreneurs should be really prosperous and really profitable because you want to get to a point where any new person you meet, you don't need the sale. Cash flow is handled. You've got surplus. So when the 2008, you know, the great, what's called the Great Recession happened, it became clear that it wasn't just happening to a particular industry, it was happening to the entire economy. So I remember my workshops for one quarter, I said, if you don't make a sale over the next quarter, how many of you are okay financially? You've got savings, you've got surplus, you know, everything's taken care of. And, you know, I would say 80, 90% of the room put their hand up. And I said, well, here's the thing people who are your customers and clients. So I want you to pick out your top 20 customers or clients. And I said, I want you to set up a meeting and it's breakfast, it's lunch. Don't do it at their office, do it socially. Breakfast and the check's on you, by the way, they're not paying. (laughs) And you go out and just ask them where things are right now, not the next three years, but a year from now, based on what's just happened to you. What do you want to be able to say a year from now when we are having this conversation that you're very, very happy with the progress you made during this 12 months when everybody else was failing? What do you want to be able to say? And it's the same conversation as the three years, but they're in a much tougher situation right now, so you can narrow the time. They won't be able to think of three years Uh if things are kind of dire. But here's the other thing is, And I know in all consulting and financial services, the number one reason 
why the entrepreneurs lost their customers during the Great Recession is that they stopped communicating with their customers. And they said, well, I don't have anything to communicate because they aren't buying anything. And I said, well, why don't you sell them on their own future? I said, they've lost their future. Why don't you sell them a new future? They're buying a new future. They're buying a new future. So why don't you just go out for the next quarter? And the people who did it said they had their best quarter in their business career. Wow. They had money, but they were paralyzed. Right. You know, they weren't buying your future, but they were buying their futures. And most entrepreneurs try to sell their customers the entrepreneur's future. They're not buying your future. This is a quarter when nobody's going to buy your future. Mm -hmm. So why don't you sell them their future? Mm, I love that, Dan. I read stories, and you and I enjoy the similar types of novels. I'm only really familiar with the framework of being a reactive hero. This whole idea of creative of being a creative hero is so exciting, and you don't have to make it up. You actually ask the person, and you, the DOS conversation is just the most brilliant structure for getting it. And then you know exactly how to create value doing what you're best at and what your team is best at. So it's just this unending formula. And, you know, we're not going to talk about that as much today, but it gives you a value creation monopoly. Because you have created so much clarity and confidence and capability with them, you're the only person they want to work with. It's so powerful. Well, and especially, I mean, half your competition isn't even going to get out of bed that morning. (laughs) And the other ones are scared because they don't have anything to sell. So they cut off and they stop going out. And I said, well, don't even have it be a business meeting. Have it be a social event where you're treating them. And not only are you picking up the check, but the conversation's entirely about them. I would pay for that experience. (laughs) I know when I've been asked the DOS conversation, it's such, even though I know it, like I know the DOS conversation really well after all these years. And when I'm on the receiving end, it's a completely different experience. It is so refreshing to have it be about me. There's no defenses up. I'm not being sold. It's about my future. And when someone listens attentively, it is a brilliant experience. So, Well, here's the thing that I think. All human beings are born with a 100% capability to have life be about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's true. Babies, I mean, babies, you're just a shape. And you either feed them or you don't feed them, and they grade you on that basis. But this, what we're talking about here, this is a learned skill. Mm-hmm. And you got to learn this skill, not just that you be nice to other people and you learn how to communicate to people. Develop the skill of setting aside everything about you for a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half, and just have everything, your experience, your skills, your capabilities, your insights, but most of all, your full attention, just be about another person. I said, That's an incredible skill. And I have to tell you, it works in all situations, regardless of what's happening to the economy, what's happening with the world. The ability to suspend your own attention on yourself and direct it to another person, pure heroism. Fantastic. Dan, I love this conversation on creative versus reactive heroism and the recipe for how to always be a hero. Thank you. Yes, thank you. At Strategic Coach, we focus on growth in every area of your business and life, leading to freedom that entrepreneurs dream of. Join Dan Sullivan, founder of Strategic Coach, for a brand new on-demand web presentation. It's a breakthrough hour of wisdom, insight, and proven strategies. Over 18,000 entrepreneurs can't be wrong. 
Watch today at danwebinar.com. Thank you.